Shall we talk about video games? Sure. All right. Everybody is recording. Craig is working. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. I'm not recording. Should I be? Uh, that would be nice. <laughs> Dizzy turns into a Benny. Every Shotzo turns into a Blatzy. Every Cappy turns into a Blopper. This is episode 285 of Insert Credit, a completely normal show with a totally acceptable buzzer that could honestly stand to be a little bit louder. I'm Alex Jaffe, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of talking about superhero comic books online to an audience that's mostly there because I'm on a video game podcast. (laughs) Okay, so to be clear, the prompt is what I am the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of. Or the athlete of your choice of. Okay. My name is Frank Spaldi. I am the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of uh, pretending that I remember you when you say hi to me. Oh, that's really good. Very nice. Uh, I'm Tim Rogers, and I'm the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of uh, writing mystery novels. No, wait, he does that. Uh, I'm the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> of uh, starring in movies with Bruce Lee. Oh, no, he did that as well. Uh, I guess I'm the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of uh, playing Substack? Of, of playing NBA basketball. <laughs> Substack, yeah. Oh, no! Oh, no. He's just, that god darn guy's done it all. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you're looking for a guy who's done it all. I don't know, I'm the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of... Uh, or, 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 the, or I'm looking for a thing that I'm seven feet, two inches tall at. Oh, is that a thing? Yes. Okay. I, I can't really think of anything I'm seven feet, two inches tall at. Uh, what am I, I – what, what am I the tallest per- – if, if I – what place am I the tallest person in the room at? Is that another <laughs> – is that a possibility? I, I, I thought of it as uh, the, the unstoppable hook shot of – Oh, yeah. The scoring champion. That guy was so good at that that hook shot. Just puts his arm like taller than anyone in the world and yes. the ball just goes in the hole. So Link is the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of the Water Temple. Oh, uh, yeah, that's probably right. Shoot. Uh, I don't know. The trick is to not think about these. You just say something. I don't think highly <laughs> of myself at all. I'm the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of uh, just uh, not getting a haircut at the right time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm coming there for it that. Is. There it I is. I am gunning for that title. <laughs> I am Brandon Sheffield, and I was going to make a similar, one of the many jokes that Tim made about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> I was going to originally call myself the uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar of Vanillaware, because I made a small contribution to one Vanillaware game dragon's crown and uh that's good and kareem abdul jabbar made one contribution to a bruce lee movie um so it, it sort of feels like a similar thing but that doesn't really work anymore so i'm gonna say i'm the kareem abdul jabbar of picking up leaves in the yard oh i get them all kareem abdul jabbar and i and right. i put them i put them either in the in the green bin for composting or i chop them up into tiny bits so that i can put them into the ground for composting so they make the 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 earth nicer later all right uh joining us on the insert credit podcast this week is nobody it's just the four of us nice well, that's weird just like old times our first question comes from last week's episode winner uh polygon simone de rochefort simone we gotta asks, get her back yeah we gotta get her she back. did a good job all timer the kareem abdul jabbar of being on this show mildly overshadowed by a weird (laughs) situation yeah Yeah. uh simone asks since i'm reading about the cma's ruling on microsoft activision blizzard king right now what else from gaming to non-gaming 
should Microsoft try to make exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem? Uh, let's see. I mean, they, they should in a way that are we are we operating on the assumption that it's like it's like yeah, good? It wink, wink, should. Nothing's good. It probably comes from the perspective of uh, if if I were Microsoft, what would I want? Uh, Simone provided by way of example, the British royal family should be an Xbox exclusive. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's what Microsoft wants. Or... <laughs> I was going to joke the Y button, but then I remembered Nintendo also has that. It's just in a different place. I kind of yeah. do want the British family to be an Xbox exclusive because all of the, the Xbox fanboys out there would not know what to do uh, with the... Inf- they, <laughs> they'd have to get really into the royals so that they could shove it in Sony's face. So wait, do you do you uh, do you perceive X Okay, so this is you know just a side question here. Brandon, do you perceive Xbox fanboys as being worse than PlayStation fanboys? Oh, in no way. I I, I, I I look at this stuff all the time I, and I I feel like I I perceive them as being about equal. <laughs> yeah. I think my perception changes on the day because it depends yeah. on what I'm looking like if I'm looking at a trailer for a, like some Horizon zero dawnish game then i know that there's going to be a bunch of xbox people in there being like it's trash xbox but, and then if there's a new halo they're like Sony lol trash. try getting destiny or whatever you know it's i don't I, know. I, I don't mean to uh to to wield my authority here but i very recently conducted an extremely exhaustive scientific uh, uh survey of who's the worst yeah, and the PlayStation guys by a million miles interesting they are bonkers I don't know, man. They are a blueprint for a new generation of hate, man. Like, uh, it, it's it's important for people to to look at this. I'm I'm doing important work here. Uh, I'll I'll release more detailed uh, uh, answers, uh, you know, statistics and breakdowns later. But uh, the PlayStation, you know, I I I'll admit I like my PlayStation. Uh, I think the PlayStation's yeah, I use mine. Good. I I mostly play PC games, as everybody knows, because uh, for some reason I think uh, I might have mentioned it once before. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I play mostly PC games. But whenever I turn on a console, most of the time it is it is the PlayStation Five. Well, I I think that I think that anyone. Anyone who has a PlayStation opted in to buying a PlayStation. Yes. Anyone with an Xbox went to the store and got the video game. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got the Game Pass. Yeah. I feel like people went there specifically to get Xbox. Uh, people who. Oh, sure, sure. Some people who are like in the Xbox Live ecosystem. Are, I heard are a small like, child, a small, uh, like a, a small child at the store the other day telling his mom that he didn't want a PlayStation 5. He wanted the console that would let him play the original Nier at 4K60. Um, <laughs> My three-year-old son said to me. And that child's name was George Washington, the first <laughs> president right. of the United States. Yeah, I would like to vote for him all over again. And that's why Microsoft should acquire uh, the the likeness and legacy of George Washington as an exclusive for the I Xbox. want to say one thing about the British royal family. I don't know if they should be exclusive to the Xbox, but I do believe they should be region locked. Thank you. Oh, good joke. Good joke. Um, I'm going to answer this question really yeah, quick. Yeah, I want to answer it as well, but let's let's have Frank first. Since well, said... Let's do my really dumb my really dumb answer, which is what I, like. uh, uh, I think Microsoft should exclusively uh, license the 90s animated uh, cartoon Daria and restore the uh, crappy 90s bands uh, that were in the uh, soundtrack and exclusively uh, stream that on uh, on whatever their subscription thing is called. On, on Xbox TV. Or whatever. Did they have a thing it called Xbox Daria, TV? Daria Remastered should be exclusive. Daria Remastered? Yeah. Man, you know, they should- Daria of Sorrow. 
You know what they should get? What would be a real clincher is if they got the original unspecialized editions of Star Wars. Oh, that actually is a decent answer. <laughs> the only <laughs> place to watch them in 4K without torrenting. Yeah. Uh, without to, torrenting is uh, the only place <laughs> is here on Xbox. You know what? No, in all seriousness, though, they should they should get uh, exclusive rights to uh, the Call of Duty franchise. I think would be real good for them. Yeah, probably help. <laughs> so them wait, out. Is, is that just not going to happen because uh, uh, because uh, people are trying to say there's laws or whatever? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it, it looks like, it's looking like, like, like the UK see? is going to block it. it yeah, they're like, then... oh, it's it's because they're 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 reducing competition in like cloud gaming or whatever. Yeah, like that's a thing. Sony is Sony bought some dudes. Like I don't know, Sony's putting money under the table and pretending they're not. Like, uh, man. I you know I don't want to start you know stirring the conspiracy theory pot, but uh, Sony is slipping big bricks of money under the table to keep Final Fantasy 16 exclusive to the PlayStation Five. Right? Where's mine? Is what I want to know. I want my money brick. Yeah, you're slipping big bricks. Like I wonder how big that brick is that they they slid under the table to the Final Fantasy 16 people. You're trying to tell me oh it's a it's integrated so well with the PlayStation hardware that we can't get make an Xbox version. <laughs> they like literally said something like this. It's oh like really. God. How how much of a thing like 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 seriously like oh it it, re- it requires the Gen Four NVMe M.2 SSD of the PlayStation Five. I've had one of those in my goddamn PC since like 2019, man. Yeah, it's not magic. The one thing where I almost buy it is uh is Street Fighter Six where they have like that instant rematch with no loading. Um, yeah. Like maybe maybe that because Xbox that is has a- one of those SSDs too, man. Yeah, they've got they do. the same goddamn SSD in their in their console in the Xbox Series X. Uh, it's it's not it's not. Yeah, I guess it's not black it's, magic. It's not supernatural. It's not no rocket surgery. Anyway, in con- in conclusion, in conclusion, uh, the Xbox should exclusively offer the the lost original uh, cut of Orson Welles' uh, magnificent Ambersons. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Put the day the clown cried up on there. Yeah, yeah, that too. Well, yeah. They should, they should. You know what? They should just put near on the box. Say we got near 4K60 original near, dude. We got it. Hey, that yeah. reminds me. What is the day the clown cried of video games? The day uh, the can... clown cried of video games. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, okay. Let's... All right. Let's do this. Is, that, is this our question? We already did this. We've done it. We, we've done once. this about three or four times. Okay. We do this every episode. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is the god darn day the clown cried of video Every games. Every time I have to remind myself what that is, and then I look at it, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, this is too much for me to think about. Yeah. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, uh, Microsoft should try to exclusively get the rights to something Japanese. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be nice, yes. Uh, a new blue dragon, why not? Yeah, well, no, I mean, it has to be something established. If they, you know what, Final Fantasy, if they if they yeah. tell so- uh, Square Enix, we'll give you five billion dollars to exclusively make final fantasies for xbox that would be an own because sony's never made it formal sony's got this under the table deal a stupid amount of money in succession parlance yeah and if they can't if they can't buy um activision king etc uh they could buy sega and rovia I don't know oh, yeah. to, but they could. <laughs> Two for one. You know, Sega Sega on Xbox has always been a beautiful relationship, it's though. True. Can we we can just say. Yeah. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be super it, it would basically turn the Xbox Series X into like Dreamcast 2 if they yeah, bought Sega. That outrun. I don't know. Episodic Yakuza. Come on. I do yeah, have seriously. another question here. Yeah. What makes a new game plus feature the most enticing? 
Uh, when uh, when it's the first option on the menu when you first boot up the game is that you can just play a game where your character has uh, a bunch of compelling, exciting abilities and is wearing armor that looks cool and uh, can jump uh, a height that is actually pleasant instead of having his jump height reduced by 75% and his powers uh, reduced by 96% and uh, his uh, outfit, he's wearing a burlap sack or whatever, uh, and you've got to just play the game and grind up and uh, uh, open up a in-game random number generated loot boxes to get your stuff and and swipe your god darn type your phone number at the cvs uh cvs uh, self-checkout in order to unlock the 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 nine dollar discount on your twelve dollar item uh by just uh, just like working your way knitting your way through the skill tree uh that's when a new game plus feature is enticing when you just finish the video game for me yeah. and then let me play a video game with a, a character whose design is finished i think they should just you know, let me pay five bucks extra, and then you just let me start God of War Ragnarok with everything unlocked, right? Yeah. Like, why not? Just let me have a new game plus for free, like a complete noob. Forget the difficulty discussion. Just give me all the abilities. Kratos has like 30 techniques that radically transform the way you play the game in God of War. And it, yeah. what you're telling me I got I to gotta do 40 hours of work community service in order to unlock them <laughs> so I can actually play the real game? Like, come on, man. A new game plus, you get to start the game with all these abilities. Maybe you should have just had them all in there to begin with, man. You know? That's so when New Game Plus is new enticing. New Game Plus is an admission of failure on the developer's part. Yeah, there should be Start Game Plus. Call it God darn Start <laughs> Game Plus. Uh, right? Yeah. There's a narrative reason for these abilities that you could get in the regular game, or you could just start and play with everything that you're eventually going to get. I mean, how many God darn video games start with a guy who's God darn Superman? And then he gets, like, shot with a kryptonite bullet at the end of the tutorial. Oh, you've got to get all your powers back now, Superman. Yeah. Right? Alucard loses all his stuff. Yeah. Although I don't mind going and getting all my stuff if it's if it's a certain kind of game. But I, I understand where there you're There is a from. fun to it, sure. There is a fun to it, I guess. I think for me, a, a new game plus thing that I like is when I've enjoyed the game and there's a promise of additional story or more people to talk to more stuff to hang out with mm -hmm. i like that like more more little dumb quests i can do in in the new game plus that's that's kind of what gets me interested i don't start a lot of new game pluses but when i do that's what i hope to see i like when the bad guys uh wear a mask with your face on it in new game plus oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh personally i like it when dizzy becomes benny and shatsu becomes blatzy and i don't know uh, what that becomes flopper yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have no idea what any of this i don't like cappies and bloppers. It's some old uh, arcade game sounded things what it sounds it's like it's from an old kirby game all the enemies change in new oh kerbert yeah old kirby, old kirby so you say you start with dizzy and i'm just immediately on the egg and that's yeah me too i yeah. can't escape that. yeah and then I, and then i go from dizzy the egg to uh the the level in uh yoshi's island yeah with the character i, I touch fuzzy or to the touching dizzy. where you touch fuzzy and you get dizzy and then a dizzy becomes a what uh dizzy becomes benny Benny, you don't understand that at all. Uh, new game plus, you know, Frank. Every time I, when I was a a young uh, preteen, uh, you know, imagine that. First of all, uh, uh, I I I loved Super Mario World, and I would often just rip through the whole game just for the pleasure of ripping through the whole game. And then whenever I got to the point where uh, it, I new game plus it, and it became autumn, and the characters all had Mario faces, 
I just immediately deleted the file and started over because I thought it looked really bad. It's wrong. Yeah, I just thought it like I'm like this just looks too it looks too stupid. Why is it doing this? Why is that the reward? It's just a weird reward. Oh, I guess one one weird reward that doesn't actually do anything for me but is kind of fun is when it's like, okay, now you got big head mode, or now it's all slow mode. All those Uncharted's are like, uh, they just throw some dumb nonsense on there. And like, you, you can mm-hmm. play through the whole serious video game, but now your head's four times the size. Uh, or now it's black and white, or now there's a shader that makes everything four FPS, uh, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, that rules. Yeah. I actually have to say that uh, I think a New Game Plus mode is very enticing in a video game if the video game story concerns uh time travel and that by replaying the game you can uh you 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 realize you're actually the guy who already played through the game and is now re-entering an earlier point in time and you can beat the game at different points to unlock different endings uh that's actually kind of exciting it's almost nearish around about 15 endings Uh, i can think of a few yeah a few games this applies to yeah yeah, I think that's actually uh, that's like pretty much the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't know. Yeah. All right, I don't know. I like that answer. Here's my next question: What are some common terms that game designers use that game players never do? Oh shoot! There's a couple of them. I've accidentally started using like a few of them in like uh, videos and streams and whatnot. Well, now, now that now the kids are going to start doing it. Uh-oh. Occasionally, I get people going, "What does that mean? You know, what does that mean?" Right. The question was terms, right? Yeah, terms. So like, <laughs> I, like I have a boxing. funny one here at work. So our office at the foundation, it's not very big, but we entertain a lot of visitors. So we kind of set things up where it's kind of like a vision of of what the the, the bigger thing might be. You know, if we're if we're able to grow into it. So you know, very nice library shelving, but there's only two of them. Stuff like that, like art on the walls. But you know, it's this and five storage units and. I once described it as a vertical slice um, oh, yeah. of, of like what we're going for, which I mean, we all know that term here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. yeah. And for those listening, that would be, um, you know, if, if you're making a game, you might make a vertical slice, meaning like, you know, a, a good solid three minutes or whatever of what we think the final game will be. It includes a little bit of each layer of the cake, yeah. as right. it were. Exactly. A largely fictional concept or a hypothetical concept that is thrown around by producer types and occasionally the, the, the attracts a lot of resentment from the people who actually have to make the thing. I, I would right. consider it a full game loop. Like, uh, sure. you, can, you can do all the sure. main things you can do in the game in this vertical slice. Yeah. So um, where I'm going with that is that I, I did that once and uh, co-director and, and occasional guest on the show, Kelsey Lewin, uh, really liked that term and just uses it with everyone. And no one has known what that means. Like, every <laughs> time. Great. Yeah. I have to explain it every time. Cool. That's a good term that I, uh, I I use in almost all of my videos, uh, hilariously. Um, Vertical slice. Yeah, yeah, I use it in almost all my videos, and it gets a lot of uh, a lot of game developers get mad at me, which just makes it like <laughs> they're like, "You clearly don't know what that means," and you keep saying it. And it's like, no, I I I ex- I explained what I think it means. It's a skateboard move, right? Like it's something. Yeah. Like it's mid-air. I like a nice horizontal slice. Just get the frosting all off. Yeah. Just cut the. Yeah, give me, give me just, just the frosting. Um, I guess this is sort of a a biz term, but and also a design term. But uh, MVP is minimum viable product. Minimum viable product is mm-hmm. one that we do sometimes have FTUE, to use. FTUE, first time user experience. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know that one. I've never heard that one in my life. I think a uh, user experience is a uh, is is a term that uh, only UX, I get yeah. yeah yeah only only game only developers use and even then most of them don't use it. Uh, you know I once said in a video that the only people who know what a user experience actually is are user experience designers and I got several user experience designers uh, thanking me for saying that so that's a that's a fun thing. Because, you know, user experience designers are used to being uh, confused. Uh, they think – a lot of people think user interface and user experience are the same thing. How does one design the experience? Dude. It's basically the level design for the human brain. It's, uh, it's, it's a, very, uh, a very complex field with much uh, scholastic uh, literature, uh, pamphlets you have to read. There are so many terms, but I don't use them. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> they're not really – they're not super necessary in in a small team. They're more like you have a common parlance for like an object that is that you can move over. Like they might call it a vaultable object or something like that. And but it's they're just <laughs> interactables. All these, there are all these little terms and stuff that just aren't necessary when your team is less than ten people. I occasionally on a, on streams will say something like, "Oh, this thing's a static mesh. It's not uh, <laughs> right." And and uh, I don't think anybody takes offense or gets angry or even really, yeah. maybe not everybody knows what I'm talking about, but I love saying static mesh. Mm-hmm. Not even those UX people watching your stream? Prefabs. I love talking mm-hmm. about prefabs. Prefabs. Mm-hmm. This you is know, not I don't a think... game one, but one that I use that no one has ever known but me. I'm going to just test the room here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here, hit me. F forward slash U. F forward slash U. I don't know it. Fix Excuse up. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> it, I don't. I don't know where I picked this up, but it, it might have been my first job. Which I, it, it's it's follow up. So like follow up with client, right? Like f uh, f u uh, with blank. I just never get back to anybody. No one has ever. Maybe I made that up. Maybe it is. <laughs> just literally, good, no though. one has ever known. I used that to know one. all yeah. the dumb marketing and biz devy terms. So like, uh, I mean, I still do, but like EOD. Um, oh yeah, oh, EOD. Sure. EOD is another one that I. I, I oh, actually, no. The the, the worst EOD day. is uh, COB, com- completion of business. I think, but like that's a real Shoot. one. Yeah, COB is like, come on. Yeah, come but on. But I, I have used that business. one because I don't know. Somewhere early in my life, I picked it up at uh, on a job. Like maybe when I was doing like administrative stuff at a clinic. Much like Kelsey with the vertical slice, I'm like everyone knows F U and C O B. I don't like. It's just not true. Completion of business because it implies that, and <laughs> likely correctly, that um, business does not end when your day ends. Right. Mm. And uh-huh. uh, that that like you have to keep going after 5 p.m. <laughs> See, whatever. I think C O B is contrast to E O D because E O D could mean like 11:59 p.m., whereas C O B could be the end of business hours. I suppose. Mm. I guess you could look at it either way, really. But I, I also have I've never completed my business. <laughs> uh, in the last couple of years, in particular, I remember uh, when I was writing at, at Kotaku.com. I'd I'd come hot off of developing video games, uh, which uh, I did independently after developing video games triple uh, A ishly, um, and I was also involved in tech industry and whatever. And my writing often included words that other people didn't necessarily use conversationally. And I remember there being a backdoor discussion, a backdoor discussion, backroom discussion, so to speak, at uh, Kotaku.com about can we? Why is everybody using the word mechanic lately? in their writing 
Like, why are you calling it a mechanic? The you know the average Joe doesn't know what that means, right? And it's what? like a yeah, like you know you call something a mechanic, a, like it's you're just reducing. You know, I mean, there's a whole other discussion there, but it's like uh, I feel like I've seen uh, thanks to social media. You know, I hate to say thanks to social media, but but because of social media and such over the past ten years in particular. You've seen a lot of people use words that you would have never dreamed yeah. of seeing a, a layperson use in colloquial conversation about video games. Like, you would have never thought in the year 2006 or so, I would have never thought that, uh, you know, five out of, out, of, out of nine video gamers would eventually know what, like, hitbox and hurtbox meant, mm. right? Iframes. Yeah, I mean, iframes. Iframes is kind of a gamer word, I think, because it impl- it's something that necessarily wasn't a, always a, a million percent workshop. Internet by frames. I mean, obviously it is. You know, the, the, the iframes are put in there on purpose. Anyway, I think you know, you're just going to see more people use more words. Yeah, and if if Patrick Miller were here, he'd just give all the fighting game ones like Hitbox and Hurtbox. And, uh... Yeah, Hitbox and Hurtbox are like the two big ones I see used uh, very widely. Yeah, we've been kind of circling this question unintentionally over the past couple topics. Uh, right. I had it pre-written, not knowing we would go this way. Kill me, bro. How can user interface inform the themes and story of a video game? Shoot, a lot of ways. I mean, first of all, they can look like they belong in that world, which is cool. Oh, you're talking about verisimilitudinous skewamorphism? Yeah, I'm talking about them's. And then on top of that, like we just did a. a a UI change in Demon School. We got an action phase and a planning phase for your for your tactical battles, uh-huh. and we just changed the the little graphic that tells you it's the action phase to be more actiony looking, and the um, planning phase intro graphic to be more like slow and languid. And and uh, it is now time to have a brain think, and it sort of uh, prepares the player for the experience they're about to have and that's that's the kind of stuff that you can do that is sort of subtle but um means a lot in the grand scheme yeah little animations little little bounces and flounces and flourishes are always Mm -hmm. important to that as well make things feel like they're really in the world i love it what are some games that have done this successfully other than the one you're working on right now uh persona 5 is one of those games that has like ui that people really enjoy and it's a it's a great lesson in that sort of thing in in how like livening up what is essentially just a basic list just some words on a screen it's just words on the screen in an order make it look like a clown wrote a ransom note and yeah uh, (laughs) if everyone comments on how nice the ui is people have said like with demon school's ui they're like wow you must have really looked at persona 5 and we did but the conclusion we drew was that as long as you make things look neat and shiny but you can still read the order of things that are supposed to happen then people will be like this is amazing (laughs) but i think that is the ultimate lesson from persona 5 which is okay so like it it does tie into their what do they call the shadow the 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 group of thieves shadow thieves the phantom thieves phantom thieves that's that's the one it is a pretty generic name it ties into their look and everything yeah their their little black masks and stuff and then when they're like running in the at the end of a um battle and it, it like the ui is sort of like in between the characters and stuff even though still again it's like 
vertically stacked and that's all it truly is it just makes you feel like it's integrated it makes you feel like it's involved in the video game but i think the best Mm -hmm. i ever saw uh, which I must have mentioned on this show, despite not knowing what the actual game is, is uh, one of those uh, Rainbow Sixes, I believe it was. It was certainly a Tom Clancy where they were projecting like your objectives and stuff. Oh, yeah. With light sourcing on the walls. Well, it, I mean, yeah, I guess it was fake like lighting, that. but it looked so cool. And that was uh, once I saw that, I was like, man, video games are really getting there. But nobody ever did that ever <laughs> again. Close. They probably patented it. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Those video games are almost something. Uh, that's how they do it. <laughs> There's a patent that's just like interesting UX. <laughs> I think I think one real good way to get a user interface narrative in your game is have an ancient civilization in yeah, a put it on a scroll. A medieval ish world that for some that somehow invented the iPad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's like an iPad made out of rock that your guy carries around. Sure, and it's called the Sheikah Slate. That's a breath of the wind. Yeah, <laughs> he's just carrying yeah, around it, and, and the Sheikah Slate has just beautiful font choices in it. Yeah, uh, and it's like, hey, those ancient people, man, they had good taste in fonts. They knew what they were they, doing. They had real good taste in fonts. Well, it, uh, it is a funny yeah. thing that you see very commonly in Japanese, like post-apocalypse oriented media where they're like there's this amazing technology that was that existed in the past that we now cannot replicate yeah i love it it's 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 a really fun idea because i just don't believe that that's something that would occur (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh there's a neat thing i mean there's there's an element of that in the you know the horizon uh zero dawn forbidden west uh oh yeah uh, the horizon series where there's ancient technology uh that people are spending uh so much of their time researching um and it's yeah. like the ancient technology ai uh long ago created these giant robot dinosaurs that killed 98 percent of the humans or whatever that's like a hyper realistic it's like somebody looked at the japanese trope of ancient technology and uh really like batman begins it you know tried to make it work in the world instead of batman going to the the circus uh, after his parents are killed and learning acrobatics he trains with some ninjas uh they did like the uh the Batman Beginsified version of that. And I guess the Horizon games have a case of UI that is integrated into the world because your character as a little girl finds a little tiny Bluetooth earpiece mm-hmm. in like a cave that's forbidden to uh, all of her people. And she puts it on her ear and it's basically like Google Glass. Like she has a Google Glass HUD that makes her like a superhuman among I like that they're not coy at all about the origins of all the technology in Horizon Zero Dawn there's no there's no laborious dozens of hours long build up to the reveal that OMG it's actually earth right like they they yeah. they throw it right in your face the first 15 minutes of the game which uh, I didn't know before I played it I like those games they're good uh, they just keep getting the 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 trash the beat out room. of them. They yeah, keep the- getting the trash beat out of them by by like generational uh, talent, <laughs> talent. Uh, events. <laughs> yeah, they, they right like uh, uh, you know it's the, uh, their, their timing is always so poor, but it's it's got to be intentional. It's not their fault. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't like they're, know. They're I, making these uh, these releases. They've got date. an expansion coming out uh, at, at the same time as the new Zelda Lord. Yeah. Generational talent. That brings me to my next question. Uh, Let's hear it. Shigeru Miyamoto recently said that negative reviews of the Mario movie helped it gain more attention. 
Oh, they. Oh, I thought he was going to say oh, negative man. reviews of the Mario movie uh, made his wife uh, like him less, or, or <laughs> the, the Miyamoto's wife metric. Uh. Yes, he retroactively didn't like Nintendogs <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's even. I don't think that that's true. Like that can't be the case. Well, Miyamoto can't be wrong. So mm. based on that theorem, what are what what was the question? Negative reviews of the Mario movie made Shigeru Miyamoto what? I mean, Shigeru Miyamoto said that because there were negative reviews of the Mario movie, it helped the movie gain more attention. Okay. So with that in mind, let's criticize some things that we want to get more attention. I see. Sounds good. Uh, okay, so we're presuming that that is- I think it's stupid that they they wasted so much of Microsoft's money that they pulled people off of Halo, yeah. that they canceled the new Gears of War- uh, and that they shut down the Activision Blizzard acquisition just to get the original Nier running in 4K60 <laughs> on the Xbox Series X. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I, I can't believe they would do that. Like, the, specifically the dad version and not, like, I don't know why they would go out of their way to do specifically that one. It's very strange. Yeah. Weird choice. And I just don't think it's right. It's rude and bad. I don't think they should do it. I mean, like, you know, Having to build your own machine to play video games, like it's just, it's not worth it, you know. Like I, well, I, I agree. <laughs> I, it's just so stupid to uh, be able to uh, play whatever you want all the time. I can't yes. do it. Sorry. <laughs> Building your own machine, it's just incredibly frustrating. Anyone who it's does just it, it's incredibly would have to... frustrating that I have a better console than any console all the time that has all of the Steam games on it. It's just really frustrating to me. Steam is so good. Steam is not Steam. so good. Come on. There's just too many games on that Steam. And it's like the, the, the stuff is just so old. Like they've got stuff on there that's just really old. They got like Half-Life 2 on there still. Like, you know, you you really need to update that store, right? Like you, you got to have like just new Get stuff. Get rid of all that stuff. Yeah. It's just confusing the consumer <laughs> that this platform has like every game ever made on it. It's just too much. It doesn't have every game ever made. It's got a lot of them. Where's my PS2 games? It's got Dolphin. <laughs> Brandon, you got any complaints? No. <laughs> I mean, seriously, people people like complaining about their backlog on Steam yeah. just kind of does just make me like Steam more, you know? People are like, oh, I have 100. I have 95 games in my backlog. Oh, there's 95 things you're excited about? I don't know. <laughs> Enjoy that is what I would do, which I do. You know, I'm like, I'm I'm so glad I've got all these games. I don't need to play them. I just like knowing they're there, you know? Nice. I got stuff I know. I don't have to play them. I know that I can play them, and sometimes that's enough. There's also, have you all seen that there's this uh, Asus uh, Republic of Gamers is making a, uh, like a Steam Deck competitor. Have you seen this thing? I did. It was like 700 bucks or something. I'm aware of it. Yeah, this 120 hertz OLED 1080p screen. You can buy an external GPU, plug it into a, a TV, you know, Dang. it's an OLED screen. Do you really need an OLED screen? On a handheld, that's a joke. Of course, they're taking on taking on the Switch yes. and what we thought the Switch would be at the same time. Yeah, man, and you know what? I would. What? I'm just going to say this, and I, people, you know, nobody agrees with this when you say this out loud. I've been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild now for a couple of weeks, and I have a PC that could run it at 4K, 120 frames per second, uh, emulated. But uh, I'm I'm capturing footage of my playthrough. I'm playing the canonical 
the Switch version. I'm pretty far into the game. I just got the Master Sword. Uh, congratulations to me. And I'm just, I just want to say, I just really think that sometimes the graphics uh, do get in the way of the game. I think that sometimes there's the, the colored filter on the screen on the fly, oh, and it, I completely it makes agree with it you. very hard to see stuff. I just really think the Nintendo Switch is a. I just think it's a dead console, and they should make a new one that runs Breath of the Wild at 4K 60. Is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. it, the Switch is the equivalent of how long I drove my 2002 Saturn, which was until two years ago. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. <laughs> You really drove that thing. I earned my new car. That's what, what do you I drive did. now, Frank? What do you got? Uh, we got a, uh, a Prius from not too long ago, and then a. Uh, we also have a second car. That's how much I earned by wow, driving. That's, wow, uh, so that's I, luxurious. The second that's luxurious. car is uh, all electric Chevy something. It's like a little, little, little guy that's uh, just plug in charger. Chevy like, Volt. The Chevy yeah, little guy. It's the Volt or the Spark. I don't remember. It goes like 14 what? miles per hour. What? I'm kidding. No, no they, they go real fast. fast. Oh, it goes so fast. So like zero to 60 in like no time. Yeah, the electric cars are pretty pretty decent now. And it's, you know, it, it, it caps at maybe like good 50 miles, but it's my my work car. It's awesome. That, that rules. Yeah. That rules. I was in uh, one of those. Uh, I was in an Uber the other day and it was one of those Teslas. And uh, the thing freaked out. It ran into an abutment. I got thrown from the car 100 feet. I died. Yeah. They had to resuscitate me. Yeah, I remember. Uh, so, so I don't trust electric vehicles. That's my joke about that. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> if I were going to buy a car, I would just buy two BMWs, one for each foot. Wear them like shoes. <laughs> That's probably how I would go. We'll be right back after a quick break. This message is endorsed by the Insert Credit Podcast and not the individual panelists. This is the Insert Credit Quick Break. I'm Alex Jaffe, and this episode is sponsored by Mid-Autumn, a new story-rich roguelike dungeon crawler with an atmosphere that'll keep you coming back again and again to the magical world under the cozy town of Nambo Key. As the town's newest spirit guardian, you'll absorb the lunar powers of your enemies and reflect it back at them, unraveling a new secret every time you venture back into the spirit world. Mid-autumn, that's mid as in middle and autumn as in the season, will enter early access on Steam and itch.io on May 9th and with a free demo available on May 4th. The Mid-Autumn team reached out to us specifically because they thought our particular audience would really enjoy this game, so let's take them to task. Uh, this song you're listening to right now is from that game. Uh, look for the free Mid-Autumn demo on Steam and itch.io on May 4th, and for the whole game on Early Access May 9th. This week's insert credit is also sponsored by Games and Feelings, an advice podcast about games and feelings. We're talking tabletop games, party games, laser tag, escape rooms, game streams, Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, the companies and workers that make these games, just capital G games. Every week, question keeper Eric Silver and permanent guest Jasper Cartwright answer real questions from real people at the intersection of fun and humanity, since by their nature, you have to play most games with other people. Previous guests have included Jacob Geller, Necrosoft's own Jenna Steber, Caldwell Tanner, Bijan Steven, and many more. Check out Games and Feelings if you've ever thought, how do you convince people who have only played Monopoly to play the new board game you grabbed at the game store? 
Is an escape room a good third date? What makes a video game cozy, and what are the cozy video games? Pick out any old episode from the Games and Feelings feed wherever podcasts can be found. In fact, probably however you found this one, just put Games and Feelings in the search bar and you'll be able to find it. If you like what you hear, subscribe to Games and Feelings in your podcast app now. New episodes every Friday. Hey, those were this week's sponsors. Uh, maybe our next sponsor could be you. If you'd like to advertise with Insert Credit, send us an email at show at insertcredit.com. Don't be scared, you can probably afford us. Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for us to go to the dirt bag. This is the part of every episode where we get one of the questions submitted to us by our kind patrons at patreon.com slash insert credit, where you can submit these questions. You can get regular bonus episodes and our regular episodes ad free. Uh, this week's question comes from Jack Oakleaf, who asks, how long should a cutscene be? Shoot. Six seconds. Zero seconds. Eight. <laughs> I'm okay with six. more than zero. Like, like, okay. like, I understand the need for a cutscene, but I, I agree. It should be like, it should basically only be in an emergency where it's impossible or too expensive to tell it in gameplay, right? So it yeah. should, so it should just be a quick cut to convey a piece of information that you need to know, and then it should go back to gameplay. Uh, if you're Hideo Kojima, it's okay to make a cutscene that's uh, two hours long with a minute of gameplay and then another 90 minutes of a cutscene because yeah. that's very funny, especially when it's the like the final boss of the game. That's very funny. But you have to earn that with the lots and lots of gameplay before that. I just remember uh, like uh, – so I've, I've played a lot of PlayStation 1 rpgs recently for you know i don't know why right you know i think we've all played a couple of them right i've been playing some recently yeah i've played a lot of them uh recently and uh there's a trend uh astute viewers of my bonus content i should say will know what i'm talking about there's a trend in ps1 rpgs to just make attack animations just longer and longer and longer yeah to just kind of uh compensate for the fact that the, the battle system design isn't very good and they were padding the hours yeah yeah so it's i mean i i the, the example i keep unfortunately kicking around the yard like a soccer ball is uh jade cocoon the uh, the would-be pokemon usurper with the character designs by a guy from studio ghibli uh that game has some of the most uh utterly laborious battle animations possible and it tested my patience in such a way that for the the few months after my experience playing the heck out of that game i just lost my mind anytime a cutscene came up in like any video game anytime i wasn't playing the game i just i just immediately lost my god darn mind so what does that mean i don't know uh but like summons in the final fantasies on the playstation the the summons were like ridiculously long in final fantasy 7 even longer in final fantasy 8 so much longer that they added a little button mashing mechanic right and it's basically just just philosophically muddling the 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 barrier between cutscene and gameplay, right? So it's like the the summon beasts in the the Final Fantasy VII were uh, like some sort of cutscene that's playing during the game. Like you are playing the game, the battle system is the heart of the game, and here's a cutscene. And then they added a hold down the select button and mash the 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 square button to charge up your summon, so it does more damage in Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, just uh, absolutely uh, blasting wrist pain havers uh, the world over. 
And then in Final Fantasy IX, the summons were just like five seconds long, and it's a million times better. Just hard and fast. So I feel the same way about cutscenes, is they should be a little harder and faster, and when I'm playing an old PC game and a pre-rendered cutscene comes up, you know, and it's just an old grainy, nasty footage. Yeah, you get one of those old games on Steam that are there for some reason. Those god darn old games. And the like the cutscenes are in like four three and really compressed and <laughs> Yeah, and then suddenly it snaps back to the gameplay and it's like four K uh hundred and twenty frames per second. It's awful. And you're like, why didn't the cutscenes just do this? Takes you right out. I was being mean about cutscenes, but we do we do have them in Demon School also, but the way that we use them is kind of like something interesting's going to happen now and so we have like a little short cut scene that's like oh something something big is going on and hopefully those feel nice we'll see but a lot of cutscenes definitely are like they're long and and it's it's hard to in a game where you have a bunch of dialogue and stuff what constitutes a cutscene really like yeah. if you if you're running around Final Fantasy 7 like certainly the CG scenes are cutscenes, but what about the the bits where you're hitting a the button, but is... all you're doing is dialogue? Oh, yeah, certainly. I remember there being some confusion in RPG communities uh, at, uh, at, at some early period in the PS2 era. Some people had started calling just any dialogue scene a cutscene, and it's yeah. like, that's mm-hmm. not a cutscene, that's a dialogue. And then it's like, a dialogue is essential to the game. That is the soul of the god darn video game, dude. And someone would be like, oh, I think it's boring, though. And it's like, what are you god darn playing it for? So I think cutscene has, since around then, been uh, reserved for, just to describe, like, any kind of a flashy... Non-interactive cutscene with CG and such. Yeah, that can be summarized in, like, a sentence or two. Like, a train blows up and bodies fall everywhere. I don't know why that's what I came to think of. Right? You can summarize it in, like, two sentences, but then... Some CG artists spend a lot of money on it. I think I've been playing a video game called The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I've heard of it. There was a really neat mechanic where your 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 ancient iPad has a has a bunch of photos on it that Princess Zelda took with it when she had it uh, when it when it belonged to her when it was her phone, right? And if you can find all these photos, it will unlock cutscenes. Find my phone toes. Did you all do any? Did you all play Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I did, did, I you... did them all. I got all them cutscenes. I had a real good time getting them all. Yeah. Um, well, there's one I didn't get, which I think I have to go into the castle to get it. I tried to get it, ended up running away. Um, but uh, I'll get it soon. Uh, I think that first of all, that framing for the cutscenes was really, really smart, especially because canonically, there's a guy who tells you where to get one. He's like, "You should go here." I'm a painter, and I've seen all the landscapes, and I know where this is. I'm also a bird. Yeah, they like tutorialize that, and then you go get it, right? And then it's like photo number six of 12, right? So it's like it's not even the first one. So it's like they're canonically uh, encouraging you to get them out of order and piece together this little story. And so I like the framing device of having to earn the cutscene, of getting the cutscene as a little dog treat for doing this uh, weird uh, open world exploration that you're encouraged to do. And then... To top it all off, I think every one of the cutscenes is right about the right length. They're like a minute and a half long, and it might take you like an hour to get to the right place and put the camera in the right angle and think, maybe this is it. Maybe I should go a half mile that way. Uh, so when you're saying how long should a cutscene be, I believe you need to factor it. It needs to be a formula, like uh, you, you need to factor in the length of the gameplay needed to get that cutscene. 
and the manner the cutscene is delivered. Is it delivered as a reward, right? The way the 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 original cutscenes at the in, at the end of the levels in Ninja Gaiden were delivered as a reward for putting up with some absolute hateful nonsense and birds knocking you off of platforms, uh, right? Like you get you unlock a, a twelve minute uh, uh, extremely slow paced, really like hyper melodramatic scene by literally the guy who'd go on to write Zeno Gears. I don't know. I don't know. What was I talking about? I'm gonna say a cutscene should be about thirty six inches. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah. Uh that kind of thing you're talking about Tim is is what led NEC down the path toward making the PCFX where they were like, yeah, people like these animated cutscenes. What if we made that most of the thing? Mm-hmm. And uh big time fail time for that. Yeah. FMV games too. Yep. People love these. People are going to love this stuff. Uh here's my next question. Uh this one is from me. Which video game protagonist's job would you want to do the least? Oh boy, most of them. I don't want to fight no monsters. Yeah. Um. I don't want to shoot anybody. Uh, yeah. I don't. Most of them. Most of those jobs are are abhorrent to me. I. I mean, I think at best I could handle maybe a portion of a Harvest Moon job, maybe. But I don't want to do that either. That's grueling work. I don't know. The question is, what do we want to do? No, As least. Po- least one which one do you least want to do well because i don't want to do like any of them like i think the more interesting question is which one would you do it's like i don't know cooking mama (laughs) yeah so (laughs) cooking mama i think the one that we can all agree upon the one you would we would all least want to do is uh any game where you play as a police officer yeah Yeah. i think uh, particularly the first uh half hour or so of la noir comes to mind don't want to do that one yeah Right. And Mappy, as uh, Jaffe mentioned. Mappy, Mappy would be the, you know, Too that's definitely, yeah. don't want to yeah. do that god darn guy's job either, because he's a god darn little narc. <laughs> yeah. What if Mickey Mouse were a fascist? I don't understand. Like, that's just weird. It's redundant, bro. I mean, I wouldn't want to be, like, Super Mario, just straight up, you know, ducking into a sewer. Yeah. Bonking mushrooms. Doing whatever he does down there. Yeah. Crawling around in turds, eating mushrooms all the Fighting time. Fighting dinosaurs. Weird. Yeah. A dinosaur, like trekking through Dino Hatton, like that's weird. That's it's a reference weird. to the original. Super I mean, Mario I don't. Uh, you got to like open the door and then get on the floor. Uh, yeah, and then you got to walk the dinosaur. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. want to be bunk because uh, you got to eat meat, which I don't do, and uh, mm-hmm. chewing your way up a waterfall is seems a lot harder in real life. I don't that's think probably... that's his job, though. I think that's no. recreational. Uh, his maybe... job is being a caveman. Yeah, I think his job is being a caveman. Maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> Uh, that's hunting hunting and gathering does not sound like a fun job. No, but he doesn't do it in the game. So maybe he's just a, Well, we're talking uh, about their jobs, like their careers, not game mechanics. Yeah. I think the game? more hyper realistic a game, the more easy it is to relate or not to the job. And I think the Yakuza games are in a sweet spot of hyper realism and arcade uh campiness because mm-hmm. there there are a lot of hyper realistic uh, details about how organized crime like actually works in japan that are embedded within the the campy plot beats of a yakuza game uh which is very uh it, it's kind of a, a a balance you don't see pretty much anywhere else in modern art it's pretty neat uh there's a lot of stuff that's just uh you know the the, the way their offices look uh the sorts of, of rackets they're actually running it's a it's actually quite marvelously detailed so i would say i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to do any sort of a yakuza job no i just think that would be uh that would be bad i would be morally opposed to it oh, and also brandon i'm i'm sure you've seen the super mario brothers movie already that's a joke uh yeah i have not you probably haven't seen uh, i'm just going to tell you i'm going to spoil it for you okay. and i'm going to say that canonically in the movie 
uh, Chris Pratt's Mario hates mushrooms. <laughs> nice. And when he has to eat the mushroom to get big, he hates it. <laughs> and it causes him uh, dis- uh, physical disgust. I don't uh, like this. Mm. That's, that's, is that what he says? There's something like that. Yes. Uh, Indigestion, here we come. Here we come. I One that I would do is Ridge Racer Driver, because oh, yeah. you get to drive cool cars and hear cool music, but nobody ever gets hurt. Like when you yeah, crash the into safeties. a wall, you just, yeah, like, you just bounce right off. Bounce right off, and, and your car looks fine. And you make money as as you win. Like that seems that seems drive okay. rubber cars, win rubber prizes, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd be a real rubber baron. Uh, you just made me snort water out of my nose. Just oh, just bro- just broinging all over the race course. That's the high life for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd do for that certain. much better than the Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. You know what job I would least want to do actually is uh, I would hate to be the ice cream man in Twisted Metal's world. Yeah. Sweet Tooth, that mm-hmm. guy. I think that's a bad job to have because you're an ice cream man, but also a serial killer of children. And like uh, no customers much. in the world of the video game. Like there's nobody around. Yeah. that you can sell to. So you just bad. be dirt it's poor. It's Twisted Metal, Scorched Earth. Do you see they're making a Twisted Metal TV series? No, they're just doing it. They're, oh, they're I really want to know the background of Sweet Tooth. I'm I'm so into it. I gotta know. I'm gonna. I die. gotta know where he came from. Who that guy it's is? Gonna be played by Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix, probably. How did he get that truck? We got to get the guy who played the Joker to play Sweet Tooth. The disease of people trying to delve into the backstory of every possible half considered creation is. Uh, it's absolutely mental, mate. There's a little too muchery going on. On on the other hand, have you heard of the Gran Turismo movie? Uh, no. They're making a movie called Gran Turismo. It's licensed by Gran Turismo. And it's based on the true story of a kid who liked Gran Turismo and became a race car oh, driver. Oh, I did hear about that. Oh, yeah. he last starfightered himself. And the, the, uh, the, the avuncular guy who teaches him the ropes of driving big old American muscle cars is played by uh, David Harbour who everybody wanted to play Joel in uh, the Last of yeah. Us TV show. So it's very confusing times here at the uh, the Video Game Appreciators <laughs> Society. Sony Ranch. You know what? That guy's cool, though. That David Harbour guy, whatever. He's cool. I watched that Stranger Things, and my the only impression that remains in my mind is that guy's cool. So there you go. I don't know what that means. Like, I, that guy's – he's a straight-up direct-to-video style actor. Uh, they got the right guy for that movie or that show, um, and he's going to be a car teacher. Sounds fun. That's the job I would I would want. I would want to be the old the old grizzled guy who teaches a kid how to become a race car driver in a story mode of an upcoming Gran Turismo game, which will probably come out fourteen to twenty two years from now because those games take increasingly too long to make, and then they deliver uh, very uh, you know, they under deliver. I'll be old enough to be a grizzled old car teacher at the time that that movie comes that game comes out. So. You know what? It's been long enough since I asked this, so we might as well address it again. What is the day the clown cried of video games? Heck. Oh God. Okay, I have n- I I have zero recollection of this being asked before. So do we've we... asked it in 2013 yeah. and twice in 2020. Okay. Yeah. So what what were our answers? Let's just establish that. It's a Mario movie where Mario kills his wife on accident. <laughs> okay. It's just a for. <laughs> I don't remember. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I feel like the the day the clown cried in light of recent news would be like if they'd made a second, a sequel to the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, which Shigeru Miyamoto. Shigeru Miyamoto is now 
publicly burning the original Super Mario Brothers movie. Have you seen this? He's like publicly burning it. He's like publicly crucifying this movie and being like, I like that one. The original Mario movie was so bad and so stupid and we hated it so much and it was so unsuccessful and it was really bad and it was really stupid and we we had to make a new Mario movie and it's that's why it took us 30 years. So it's like my current thinking now is that there was a second one that was made. Like, why didn't Miyamoto say something back then, first of all? Probably because, you know, he's a, a Japanese businessman and he's very, very conservative about revealing his opinions. He smokes a lot of cigarettes. I don't know. Like, uh, I'm now believing that there there might have been like a second Mario movie planned by these people who made the first Mario movie, which I think is cool, by the way. Love that movie. Uh, that first Mario movie rules. It's not the best movie ever made, but it is phenomenal trash. Yeah. If you're in the mood uh, for phenomenal trash, uh, check it out. If you like sci-fi and the post-apocalypse in films, and uh, and dinosaurs and Mario and and, and uh, uh, g- gender positivity and uh, body positivity, more references to uh, to Super Mario Land than to Super Mario Brothers. Uh, and if you want to see a gross Yoshi, a groshi, yeah, a groshi. I love that groshi. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, weird movie. So my 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 current thinking on what the day the clown cried of video games is is that the people who made that first mario movie had already before like at the time it came out they had already written a script for the sequel this is my canonical thinking and shigeru miyamoto saw it and uh just tried as hard as he could to pull the plug he was in a doki doki panic and whatever that second mario movie is is uh the the front page of the script is like a uh, rating nc-17 or whatever right yeah. like they were gunning for uh uh the most absolutely brain blasting thing possible so that's what i'm thinking right now thank you yeah i'd buy it i think i've been that's... frantically trying to find a positive quote from miyamoto about the original movie because i know i've read one but i, I can't find it Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever. It was uh, certainly something very, very business minded. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 <sighs> they really did take a chance with that Mario. That man, I watched that Mario movie. I've seen the Mario movie, uh, the new the Chris Pratt Mario. I went to see it. Dolby Cinema, Times Square, you know, a couple kids in cosplay, bro behind me, laughing at the jokes, clapping at the Easter eggs. And it really is. Uh, more so than your typical thing it's 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 just video game logic in a movie you know like in in like the the worst way it's just like we got to go to donkey kong world to meet donkey kong uh, and then donkey kong's like well if we're going to fight bowser just in like seth rogan's voice uh lol i smoked some weed and now i'm an ape like he's just like if we're going to fight bowser we're going to need some carts and they go into the mario kart garage you know it's just stuff strung together in this world. Did you that... gasp when they showed the Mario Karts? Were you like, <gasps> I clapped at the yeah. at the reference. <laughs> it's it's setting up this building block structure that's going to allow them to add on whatever Nintendo yeah, thing they yeah. want to add on in the future. I hope I hope uh, nobody got hit with a blue shell right as they were about to reach something. Oh, oh I've got bad news for you, Brian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, assume they, that they, did happen. It literally is. And Princess yeah. Peach is like, I know a shortcut back to the Mushroom Kingdom. And guess what? It's Rainbow Road, of course. So, yeah, of course, because it's just all. Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting to see it's turtles all the way down. It's interesting to see something that is just like a sellout wrapping a sellout. You know, like something that's just full of sellouts all the way down. It's like, but it's what does it have to sell out to other than itself? It's very philosophically an interesting 
thing. I had a good time watching it, though. Whatever. Except uh, the uh, AMC Empire 25 in uh, New York City, 42nd Street. I just have to say, uh, they don't salt the popcorn there, which I don't understand. Am I supposed to bring salt? I've seen three movies there this year. No salt on the popcorn anytime I went. Am I supposed to salt it? Seriously. Like, I don't understand. Ever since my health incident, I've stopped putting salt on my popcorn. I yeah. don't miss it that much. It, uh, uh, I, I, I've gotten used to it. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I've eaten plenty of unsalted popcorn myself. I wouldn't eat it without it. My whole, my whole life is, uh, is, is nutrition. But, uh, um, so, Day the Cr- Clown cried. I think it's... Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know if we used this one before. Let's but do I it. feel like um, Chris Crawford's story game that he's been working on for like 30 years, which is like predictive generative story. You know, that and, came out like 10 years oh, ago. Right? Oh, did I, it come out? You just reminded me what we said it was all three times in the past. We always come to the conclusion that it's Peter Molyneux's Milo game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah that's right. That's great. Yeah. That's a great answer. I, I think. <laughs> I, I think, in light of a, of a new of, of giving a breathing some fresh air into it, I think it's just worth saying that it's it's. You know what? It's Tommy Tallarico and the Intellivision Amico. That's the day the clown cried <laughs> video games. I like it. Uh, I, I think. I think. To, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have more to say about that, but who cares? <laughs> no, go right? ahead. Go ahead. I think Tommy Tallarico as a man. Yeah. Is a is the day. The clown because because you know the day the clown cried being famously unreleased right yeah and then tommy tallarico uh, uh semi recently debunked as having ever really contributed anything to anything right so it's like uh uh, uh tommy tallarico's mtv cribs episode is that the day the clown cried of video games have we all watched that h-bomber guy video about tommy tallarico yes yeah it's very good uh, okay. I'm just recommending that again. Uh, so it's necessary reporting on video game history, and it's only half of the stuff that we could talk about. Yeah, it's it's not yeah. a lot. It's it's just whatever he could whatever he could Google. Yeah, there's a lot more than that, and it's I'm like people are still digging stuff up, and it's really great. And it's like at this point, it's like literally we cannot name a track that he definitely composed in anything. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, so there you go. T- this <laughs> comes down to like like someone found the 77 year old composer who did all of Earthworm Jim. <laughs> yeah, that rules. <laughs> it's just this like relatively unknown guy, and he's like, yeah, here's the MIDI files. So yeah, that's amazing. Well, and then and then it gets even better. So Earthworm Jim. One and two, maybe just two. Also uses some classical music pieces. Someone uh, was able to demonstrate that he downloaded MIDI files off of the internet, and his only uh, uh, way of of modifying them was to change the tempo. Uh, so, yeah. like he he doesn't even arrange classical music. Yeah, that's so good. I, I think we still have to give credit to H. Bomber Guy for oh, that yeah. video because uh, sure, he, he opened the he took the lid off. Well, he did he did the work of actually compiling it instead of being yeah. in this weird subreddit. Yeah, you know? putting it putting it somewhere very uh, very and also just being entertaining as heck about a subject that is uh, inherently just uh, you know a curio man. But yeah, I'm I'm comfortable saying that Tommy Tallarico as a man is a human. Is a day the clown cried made out of meat of video games. He's like, <laughs> like just the just the man, you know. That's what I would say. Can we give a man higher praise than that? I don't know. I, I, I don't think we can. I think what we can do is go on to our final segment. We're playing one of my favorite games. It's time for Famicom Feud. 
Uh, okay. This is the game where I have a pre-written list of subjects that fit a certain criterion that you all have to take turns <laughs> guessing. You all have three strikes amongst yourselves. Uh, once Among you get us? Uh, yeah. Once you get three strikes, you're out of the game. Whoever the last person standing is wins. You know, you said they fit a certain criterion. I think you meant they fit a certain Janus. Yes. Oh, good joke. Uh, that's a reference to something that wasn't in this episode. Uh, <laughs> you'll hear about it in the bonus. You can subscribe to patreon.com slash insert credit. Uh, nice tag team. That's what I intended. Yeah. <laughs> Each of you has three strikes. We're going to start with Frank. We're going to go to okay. Tim. Then we're going to go to Brandon. Okay. Here's what we are doing. Uh, from 2004 to 2009, mm-hmm. and then uh-huh. one more time in 2011, mm-hmm. Playboy Magazine had a Playboy. monthly issue where they featured video game characters as models. Uh, insert mm-hmm. credit dirtbag Gaga Geens bought me a one-month subscription to Playboy's archive service so that I could go through each one and make a full list of every featured character. Uh, right. Each of you has three strikes to name as many of the characters or the games they're featured in, I'll be kind there, as you can. Uh, the last one standing wins the game. Frank, can you name one featured character in the Playboy Gamer issues? Um, are we allowed to know what a featured character means? Does that mean they are posing? They're posing, yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll just do the easy first one out of the gate, which is Lara Croft. Show me Lara Croft. No, they never okay. use Lara Croft. Too high profile. Uh, the girl from Fear Effect, is she in there? Fear Effect. Show me Fear Effect. No, no girl from Fear oh, Effect. Really? Oh, that just seems like the kind of trash they'd go for. Uh, my turn. Uh, Nikki from Pandemonium, a.k.a. Magical Hopper. <laughs> after Ooh. 2004? <laughs> oh, it's after 2004. Yes, it's 2004, 2004, to, yeah. it's 2004 to 2009, and then one more time in 2011. I, I, I will give this back to Brandon if we all agree. Okay. I, I, I will agree. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, yeah. Just because that's... it's no fun if none of you get one. <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna go the full thing, and it's gonna turn out that that was the last one. Was actually, yeah. <laughs> Idos dragged her back out. At, like Square bought Idos, and their first act was to put that character in Playboy. <laughs> okay, uh, Heavenly Sword Lady. Mm. No, that's Sony. But okay, <laughs> go ahead. Show Wait, me what? Heavenly Sword Lady. Nope, not on the list. What do you mean it's Sony? What is that? The Heavenly Sword was re- was released by Sony. They 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 wouldn't want to do this because they try to they wanted to oh, they would yeah. want to try to be family friendly, squeaky okay. clean. All right. Yeah. You're not going to see Princess Zelda in here. You're not going to see any Final Fantasy characters in here. No Japanese characters, uh, and no characters uh, first party published by Japanese corporations is what I would assume, right? Ooh. Uh, maybe, maybe. Probably. I'm going to say know. not necessarily. Oh, right. okay. What do I know? Um, I think I'm ready. I think I Frank? got a good one. I think I got a good one. Blood Rain. Show me Blood yeah, Rain. Yeah, definitely Blood Rain. Blood Rain that, that was, was my the guess. first featured Playboy Boom. character in October 2004. That was my guess. My guess was Blood Rain. So I don't know. I don't. I literally just, I don't know any of the <laughs> That's others. That's all of them. I have, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Blood Rain was like the, the trashy video game character that had several movies. I'm like, oh, that certainly would be there. I don't even know any. I've seen. There's six more now? Oh my god! Six? There's how many are there? Seven? Oh, there there are tons because there were multiple featured characters per issue. Jeez. So there are a lot of. Are they naked? There. Are are they all naked? That's my question. Are they all nude? Are any of them nude? Are any uh, of them they're, nude? They're in various states of undress. I uh, figured. Uh, okay. okay, so nobody's nobody's fully undressed. <laughs> okay, can can we know are when they are featured? Are they 
definitely um, posed in, in like an erotic way as opposed to like, here's just a piece of concept. No, art. they're all posed in an erotic way. Okay, thank you. I don't follow any of this trash. Just, I, I don't know. You gotta guess. I don't really know anything about Playboy, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> you know female protagonists in games that weird people want to have virtual sex with. You know this. I mean, yeah, I know, I know there's that, but it's like... Playboy is this famous old magazine, this institution. But they're trying to be hip, and they are working with current marketing. Video game publishers. Uh, yeah, like this is something that marketing buys into and probably pitches them on. Obviously, no Lara Croft, uh, but Blood Rain was yes. Um, you said 2004 to what? 2004 to 2009, and then one more in 2011. Okay, so every time they had how many? Uh, they had two in 2004. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten in 2005. They had Shoot. seven in 2006. They had six in 2007. They had uh, six in 2008. And they had one in 2009 and one in 2011. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like I can think of game names. He said you can do that. That's accessible yes, as well. Game names are allowed. Is there somebody from Mortal Kombat in there? Like, because Mortal Kombat was in its, like, trash heap phase at that Showing point. Mortal Kombat? That's a great answer. No Mortal Kombat characters. No, no Mortal Kombat answer. characters? That's so weird. Okay, uh, if they didn't do this, they were missing out on their demographic. Uh, World of Warcraft. I know they don't have, like, specific named characters, but I feel like there's got to be, like, a dark elf. There are something. some named characters. Oh, there's tons Tell of me. specific named characters. World of Warcraft. No, no World of Warcraft characters. What? They, that's a mistake. Frank currently in the lead with only one strike to Tim and Brandon's two. Son of yeah. So I'm trying to think of other Majesco ladies, and I've only got Cooking Mama, which I'm not going to say. Majesco. <laughs> I would love uh, to see them try to make Cooking Mama hot. All right. Uh, check this out. You ready? I'm ready. Resident Evil. Uh -huh. Ooh. Show me Resident Evil. Nope. No Resident Evil. No Jill Sandwich, huh? Good guess, though. Is that one strike or two for me? That's your two. second strike. Tim and I are almost Tim at. and Brandon, they are about to strike out. Yeah, yeah I'm going to probably just strike out. Just strike me out, bro. Uh, Princess Daisy from uh, <laughs> uh, Super Mario Land. You're not trying. Come on. Uh, okay, what, it's it's uh, these are probably just like Western games that... Mostly. Yeah, they're, well, I mean, I mean the, the ones I would guess would have to be Western games. Uh because I'm sure if a Japanese game was there, it's like some tangentially like weird. There are a lot of Japanese video games that in Japan are for losers, like specifically. Like no joke, no no offense to losers, right? But it's uh, I don't know. I I, I just I, I I just can't really think of one or, or a game franchise. I just can't. I, I can give you a hint in the purpose of prolonging this segment. Uh, <laughs> the 2011 issue was only released in Poland. Oh, it's, well, it's clearly The Witcher. I mean, duh. There's a, there's obvious, yeah. That would, I mean, those characters are naked in The that's Witcher game, though. That's a big clue. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you gotta give Brandon as big a clue. It's I clearly... will give Brandon as big a clue. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, sh show me The Witcher. Yes, uh, Triss Marigold was, in fact, featured. Oh, in that'd Game be, the, man, you should have let me guess which one. It, obviously, it's <laughs> Triss Marigold. You're not gonna have Yennefer in there, because, uh, She's too cool. Morin was featured in the 2007 issue, so that was the second Witcher character in Playboy. That's so stupid. My okay, God. Brandon, I got to give you a clue because you have uh, two strikes. Think about games from this era with famous sex scenes. Uh, Mass Effect. Dragon oh, Age. I, 
Okay. Show me Dragon Age. Oh, I'm sorry. Dragon Age is not on the list. What? Man, yeah. I literally oh. was going to say Mass okay, Effect well, next, but Tim just said that, even though it's not a canonical guess. So now I You can go idea. ahead and say, take it, dude. Take it, Before bro. I got the, 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 I'll just give this to you all. Okay. Before I got my hint, my two guesses were Chun-Li, maybe they got her, and then uh, mm. and then um, Faith from Mirror's Edge. I'm going to say both of those are no. I'm going to yeah, dismiss I, I, those. I do not agree that Faith from Mirror's Edge would be used that way. I think okay. PR was pretty good about that. Character. I don't agree. EA partners, we kind of knew what they were doing at that time. Yeah. yeah okay. Frank, you got two strikes, so I'm going to give you as big a hint. Think about licensed video games that aren't necessarily original video games. They could be video games that are based on other things. That applies to yeah. some of these. Oh. Licensed games. Yeah, I was thinking Witchblade. Witchblade? Is that what you just said? That's what I think. This blade. All right, <laughs> I'm, I'm going out on a limb. This is something that, that I was keeping in my back pocket right under Mass Effect, and, okay. it, and it ties into your clue. Uh, show me Harley Quinn. Show me Harley Quinn uh, from yeah. Arkham Asylum. Yeah, that is incorrect. I'm sorry, ah, whoa. Mr. J. Tim, let's give you one chance to either tie or beat Frank. All right, Tob. Yeah, I will give you one more uh, clue. Mine came uh, without a clue. Yeah. I don't need a clue. I don't need a clue. <laughs> okay. okay, no clue. I don't need a clue because you already gave me a clue. When I said there's probably no Japanese games in there, you said, I don't know, maybe there are. Um, I'm, I'm, th- I'm going Square Enix. Makes me think the trashiest, most obvious one would be like a dead or alive character. So that's my guess. Show me dead or alive. That's the no. big booby. Wow. No, the big alive. booby video what, games. What about my Shiranui? Uh, that's a really good guess, but I don't think appropriate to the era. I don't think she had the mainstream uh, appeal. 2004 to 2009 isn't really her. Period. Yeah, I guess they didn't really. <sighs> All right, give us, give us a okay, list. Okay, so let's yeah. see how well you know these characters. The other yeah. character in 2004 was Lubalicious from Leisure Suit Larry Magna Cum No, okay. no, don't like it. Next uh, 2005 one. was Light Girl from Mojo Master. From what? That's wrong. Like, Mojo that's wrong. Master. That's wrong. That next one, please. Uh, Valkyrie from Gauntlet Seven Sorrows. So okay. Lord, Lord. Avalon from Hellgate London. Okay. Yeah, that's, that that's definitely a video game bound for Playboy. I remember that one. Uh, Jackie Dunwoody from Blitz the League. Okay. okay sure. uh, here, here's one you should have gotten. Carla Valenti from Indigo Prophecy. Uh, oh, yeah. David Cage. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say a David Cage thing, but uh, you know, obviously. Tala and Cassidy from Dark Watch. Uh, okay. I don't remember Dark Watch. Uh, this, is, this should have been a give me. The Fairy Queen from Playboy the Mansion. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I played that game and I have no idea what a fairy queen is. Yeah, so, I was no. sure, you, Frank, you were going to guess at some point just Playboy the Mansion. And that would have been a point for you. Uh, this was the one I was heavily hinting at earlier. Uh, the Oracle from God of War. Uh, Famous sex scenes. Uh, yeah, Lita and yeah, Persephone was... from God of War 2 were in the next year's issue. So Sony did go for it. Alexa Thompson from 50 Cent Bulletproof. That's the Christ license Lord. Uh-huh. Lord. All right. That takes us to 2006. And uh, what Sarah an Mo- era. Yeah. <laughs> what a period of video games. Uh, Sarah Morrison yeah. from Tabula Rasa. Okay. Uh, yeah. Jessica McRae from Scarface, The World is Yours. No, I, I think I know that game. This one really surprised me. Alicia Claus from Bullet Witch was in play. Oh, you know, Uh-oh. I vaguely remember that that happened. Yeah. God, she that's is. hot as heck. Was she nude? <laughs> I don't recall. I didn't linger on these images too long. You have a subscription. 
I it lapsed. I did this segment in February, and then I had a heart attack, probably from looking at this. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> uh, Jasmine Lynn from Time Shift. Okay. This is just a list of games I vaguely remember. Right. <laughs> that they existed. Games that existed like before Twitter. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, had no other way to market themselves than we yeah. got a Goyle in here. We got boobies. Super late PS2 games. Want to see dem boobies? Yeah. Enrica Villablanca from Splinter Cell Double Agent. Okay. Kiara and Akana from the Conan games. Uh, so we did, we did just have an IDOS character, which is yes, where I was going next, because I was like, I don't know, some mm-hmm. lady that's in the Deus Ex games was my next one. Speaking of which, we have Yoko Redimoto from Kane and Lynch, the first one. Okay. Oh, I love right. that game. So Square Enix, I, w- I was right about. There was Square Enix, yeah. There's uh, Church in Black from Clive Barker's Jericho. All right. Uh. Or as I call it, Jerry Corporation. Another one I was going to guess that was in my pocket was something from Dante's Inferno. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, that's a good guess. But no, uh, Sarah okay. Morrison from Tabula Rasa is the only character featured twice. She was in 2006 and 2007. So popular. So people were just <laughs> clamoring for more, yeah. Uh, the Polecats from Afro Samurai. Uh, Candy from Ride to Hell. Violet Summer huh? from Velvet Assassins. Huh? Shondi from Saints Row 2. That would have been a guess. Jack and Yakit Khan from Damnations. Atalanta from Rise of the Argonauts. And one last one in 2009, the other Japanese character, Aya from One Chanbara. Oh, oh so wow. Remember One well, Chanbara? I mean, of course I do, but I... That's like would... I said, video games that are, are, are nominally for losers. Yeah, right. that was what that was. Yeah, so. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that it would have been made a blip. Uh, D3 publishers. That was the last of, uh, official international one. And then in 2011, they brought it back just to put Triss in it. Nice. Uh, yeah, so those are all the video game characters featured in Playboy. That sucks. <laughs> it sure does. Uh, Tim, Frank, yeah, does. you are our double winners. Congratulations. Tim, we got to you... find this Alicia issue. Yeah. We got to find it. November yeah. 2006, if you want to find Frank, that really should be in your Video Game History Foundation archives. Oh, you yeah. know, we... we... <laughs> <laughs> Get them all, dude! <laughs> um... I can give you the issue numbers. I have them here. I don't think that's... <sighs> It's so funny to joke. You got Frank over a barrel about. here. You really do. <laughs> Just because it's bad history doesn't mean it's not history. Yeah. I want you to know that as we're talking, my eyes are staring at the bookshelf where Play Magazine is, Halverson's Play <laughs> Magazine, where there was an annual Girls of Gaming that is basically this, and I'm sure Blood Rain is on the cover of one of them. Oh, I should have pulled those. I should have cheated and pulled those. Yeah. Phil, do not pull them. I don't want these. <laughs> no thank you god that's so good play magazine no, Dave I, I had to in an actual physical store i found one back in october or something oh, and man. in like a used bookstore in um in tucson arizona oh man yeah that's a heck of a place to go go up to the register and look someone in the eye and buy play magazine's girls of gaming volume three or whatever <laughs> nice that's so Bless. good that's so good, dude. Because they are on eBay and they're expensive for some reason. That rules. It's important video game history. That's why they're expensive. Well, you're going to have to get these Playboys, Frank. No, yeah, I don't. Yeah, for sure. I am not getting Absolutely. the Playboys. No. Put little sleeves over them. It's so fun to, like, in the year 2023 as a full middle-aged adult 
like joke with a guy about how he has to buy Playboy magazines for his job. <laughs> I just got to say it's genuinely amusing. Yeah. It's just very funny. Oh, you got to do it, Frank. You got to read Playboy. <laughs> it's like such a such a 1980s schoolboy. You got to look at a girl. Goyles. <laughs> if anyone if anyone listening has these Playboy issues, sure. Yeah, I will, t- I will take them. In. I'm not. I will not acquire them. But if they materialized, we would add them to the library. You won't acquire them, but you're willing to obtain I, them. I decided to try to look one up, and it's six dollars. Six dollars. I'm get, not uh, paying. <laughs> Five ninety nine. I am dollars. not using uh, uh, the money of our patrons to purchase uh, issues of Playboy that have video game people in them. All right. Oh man. But if they materialize, I would. Make Phil catalog them. Uh, he just sighed. When's your birthday, Frank? I might get this for you for no, your birthday. No, I don't know. Not for my birthday. This is not a gift for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gift for charity. <laughs> Happy birthday, If Frank. any listeners... Okay, here's the deal. If any listeners happen to already have them, <laughs> that's the cost. Like, I, you, have to, you have to admit that you already had this and send it in. That's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, does anyone have any recommendations? Frank already did his, which is to send him your old Playboy. My games. recommendation <laughs> is go to gamehistory.org slash donate and give us money so we buy some some porn mags. Yeah, yeah, specifically earmark it in the donation field for Playboy. <laughs> no, I, ha- I have to adhere to that if you do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> I legally would have to. So please, please do not donate money to us and make me buy issues of Playboy with it. See, see to me, that sounds like that, that bit earlier where we were uh, complaining about something that we really didn't want to have happen. <laughs> anyway, um, I got some recommendations. Um, yeah. it's, 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 it's a little bit of a story. It's not too long. It's not too exciting, though. Um, I'll, I I'll... People love when stuff's not exciting. Yeah, I know. That's why they listen to this show. So, PPC. If you're like me and you have a CRT that has like 25,000 things plugged into it, you may Throw have up. at oh, some sorry. point... Um, <laughs> Come to find that some of your electronics or some of your, uh, like my PC engine would have like a little line warble through it. Or sometimes my VHS player would have a little warble and I would think it was the tracking or I would think it was the uh, the connector or whatever. But um, ultimately I discovered, uh, to make a long story short, what you got to do if you're in the same situation here is put everything, as many things as you can on different power strips so i've got three power strips everything that goes into one input is on one power strip so i can turn it off and if you do that like the it turns out that the real problem with a crt is the more things that draw power that are connected to it the more likely it is to disrupt the signal with um electrical interference so if you uh turn off your like put all your component consoles or whatever into one power strip so you can turn that off when you're not using component then you'll be in good shape. So that that's just like, that's a problem that took me a really long time to f- figure out the source of. So I, I figure that might help somebody at some point. Um, two more things to recommend. One is I finally watched that stupid bullet train movie on Netflix. That was very funny and stupid. Oh, I had a good time with that movie. Yeah. Funny and stupid. Brad Pitt's hilarious in that. Moves along real good. You got that, uh, what's his name? Uh, that Brian Tyree Henry in there. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Sonata's in there. It's 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 a not very kind toward 
<laughs> toward Jap- Japan in general as a culture, but uh, it is written by a Japanese well, it, guy. It, it doesn't even, it might as well not even actually be set yeah. in Japan. It's just, it's... Well, except for all the bowing and all the ignoring yeah. of problems uh, i mean so. the the train they're on looks uh the lighting i was i was having a good time joking with mimsy the whole time we watched yeah and the idea that uh that he was going to get away that long without having his his ticket anyway um yeah m- my other recommendation and this is uh just something that i think is something frank would appreciate i was talking about this a little bit before the show is um i don't re- necessarily recommend the streaming service shutter to frank but i recommend uh, is that with a d or a t d Okay. Shut um, it, so, so it's, it's this horror, horror movies. stuff. Okay. Yeah. But what they have that I think you would like is they have when you turn it on, they're showing Shutter TV, which is they're showing one of their movies. It's just playing. Yeah, I love that. And yes. you can watch it, and you can't rewind it. You yeah. could leave it and then go and find the movie elsewhere in the service and play it from the beginning. But you this can is just... what this is what people want now. They just want to not be able to rewind yeah. stuff. I love it. Yeah, just turn it that. on and watch it, and it's there, and uh, it's pretty cool. And another cool thing they have that I think you would appreciate is you might not like the presentation, but Joe Bob Briggs is like a big time Joe Bob trash hound who um, yeah. knows all kinds of things about these movies, and so he introduces a movie, and then where there might have otherwise been a commercial break, he'll pause and tell you more facts, and then they'll go back to the movie, and then he'll give you more facts and context, good. and it's a uh, it's real nice. It, it like. It's not nice to chop a movie of up in that way, but when you're talking about these level of movies where they're like they're kind of slow and they drag and the cool parts are fewer and further between, it is actually kind of nice to break it up with a guy telling you some some factoids and mm-hmm. makes you a little more interested yeah. in like this generic looking castle was actually like owned by some countess or whatever and you're like, "Oh, okay. Joseph Robert Briggs uh is a classic guy. Yeah. He, he's been doing this on TV since like uh, TBS in the 90s or so. My dad used to love yeah. uh, watching the Joe Bob movies the, on the, the weekend. the drive-in or something like at that? At the drive-in, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So and he like I, I find it like such a, a wonderfully respectful way to present uh, trash movies like versus like the I find the, the I mean maybe maybe I'm a huge idiot for thinking this but I I've always found like the mystery science theater yeah I mean he's not making fun of them which is like really crass right so it's like the respectful version of that which is saying interesting stuff uh, yeah I mean he he th- he knows when it's trash and he thinks that it's funny or bad or whatever but he uh, yeah. still has respect for the craft and um the mm-hmm. fact that it came out and that people appreciate it and that's why we're watching it today. he's like he's like a real prototype youtube video essayist uh definitely yeah cool guy gives you neat context for i want that yeah for stuff so uh and uh shutter has him like on a like a on a series he introduces like a season of movies every year something like that it's, it's pretty neat so that's yeah. that's what i got the new season has started last week of his show on Shutter. yeah so it just started last week. I have some recommendations. I would Ooh. like to recommend if you've enjoyed this or any episode of Insert Credit, please rate and review our show wherever and however you can. It's a really nice thing to do. It's a mitzvah. You could also support us on patreon.com slash insert credit, where you could become a patron to submit your own questions, listen to monthly bonus episodes, and get our regular weekly episodes ad free. You could also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com. Send all business inquiries to show at insertcredit.com or find a video of this episode on YouTube. This episode is edited by Esper Quinn with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. 
and race rubber cars, win rubber prizes. Yeah, oh God. that's the plan. <laughs> that was, that was rubber cars, rubber prizes.